What is up, people? You are listening to another episode of the Imperial Broadcast. I'm your host, Shamari Stewart, joined, as always, by my co-host, Kendall Stewart. Kendall, what is going on? Yeah, what's up, Shamari? We uh, had an extremely eventful week uh, for Star Wars, in the Star Wars industry, in the Star Wars universe. Um, Nothing, well, I would say nothing, because we got trailers and, like, other like tangible things in terms of like future content, but it's a lot of a lot of talking, you know, yes. a lot of a lot of a lot of talking from people from Disney. <laughs> Alan Horn had a lot of had a lot to say. Kevin Feige had a, not Kevin Feige, he's not a lot to say, but uh, Bob Iger had a lot to say about certain people. Yes, uh, Mr. Disney Feige. himself had yes, a lot to say. Bob Iger. Typically, when Bob Iger speaks. It's pretty tame, pretty, you know, pretty corporate, pretty, (laughs) (laughs) you know, you're not going to get anything too, uh, you know, quote worthy, you know, but uh, there were were certainly some headlines from something Bob Iger said uh, based off his memoir that was released this week. We talked about some of it on Heroes Talk, but uh, I would say even more of the stuff extends to the Imperial Broadcast, which should be... uh, Certainly fascinating, but also we have some stuff debuting this week, particularly uh, Star Wars Resistance. So um, that should be exciting, obviously. But we'll, we'll talk about that a little later. Yes, indeed, we will. Um, but yes, we do have a lot of stuff, uh, a lot of news, a lot of kind of gossipy dirt uh, stuff <laughs> that <laughs> that we're going to be talking about. Tabloid um, stuff tabloid stuff but that's not tabloid it's just stuff that people are saying so yeah so we got a lot of good stuff for you guys on the show um a lot of stuff we had spoken about previously and suspected but now we're getting confirmed so it's a lot of a lot of really good stuff on the show so i'm very excited to talk about it um so we're going to start the show off with the biggest piece of news from this week and even though there was a lot of news this is definitely the biggest piece of news um so we're hearing now uh that kevin feige Mr. Marvel Cinematic Universe himself um, is going to be uh, working on a Star Wars movie. So Kevin Feige is uh, working with Lucasfilm and is developing a new Star Wars movie. Um, so this is coming from, uh, uh, um, uh, I believe, Alan Horn was the one. Alan Horn said this. Yeah, Alan Horn. Straight uh, from his mouth. Straight from Alan Horn himself. <laughs> Confirmed that this is a thing. To a Hollywood uh, reporter. Yes, uh, so he says that uh, Kennedy and Lucasfilm are pursuing a new era in Star Wars storytelling, and they, and he said, knowing what a diehard fan Kevin is, it made sense for these two extraordinary producers to work on a Star Wars film together. Now, um, you know, people are already, um, and this is just what I'm seeing, this isn't me saying this, people are already saying, oh, Kathleen Kennedy's in trouble, you know, she needs to watch her back. Uh, Feige, new new Feige era of Star Wars. I'm not gonna. I, I'm gonna tell those people to calm down. Um, I'm gonna tell those people. Uh, I I mean, it's possible that that happens, but I don't. Um, look, I, I I I'm gonna split this up when it comes to the possibility that Kennedy will eventually be. Either let go, told to step down, replaced, etc. I think that is very possible. 
um, just because this new era of Star Wars uh, has been very divisive among fans, and I think it may at at some point, um, if it hasn't already, leave a very bad taste in a lot of people's mouths and get people sick of Star Wars. <laughs> um, and that's terrible because she's the one supposed, supposed to be leading the ship, and the person leading the ship is the one that goes down when these kinds of things happen. So I think it's very possible that she may be replaced. Now, will Feige be that person as a result of this? I don't know. Feige, and, the, and the main reason I say that is because Feige has so much on his plate already. Um, I mean, he's already working on all these Marvel properties for the Disney Plus app, for the Marvel Cinematic Universe, uh, for all of that, and for him to take on Star Wars also. I, I'd be very concerned because I'd be like, I don't want this guy having such hugely divided loyalties. And divided attention. Um, I know. I mean, I know Lucasfilm. They have the story group, and they have other people to kind of do a lot of stuff. But uh, for Feige, I feel like he should be more hands-on, like in the way that he is with the Marvel stuff. Um, and I mean, he's one person. He only has one mind. I mean, he can't be so split um, with all of his attention. So I don't think that's going to happen. But either either way, I'm excited about this. I'm very happy that Feige's working on a Star Wars movie. Um, I can. Feige's one of those people. He's he's a he he's he gives me he gives me a Filoni vibe, where you can tell that he is a fan of these things, you know, and that he right. he grew up watching them, reading them, and he knows what the fans want to see, and he finds ways to make that happen, that makes sense, that are realistic and that are entertaining. Um, that's something that Kathleen Kennedy has not done. She has mostly been, uh, I would assume, involved in uh, the business aspect, which I think she's done pretty well. I mean, I don't, I don't think Star Wars is done poorly business-wise, and I don't, but I don't. She doesn't strike me as a creative in the way that Lucas is or was, in the way that Filoni is, in the way that Favreau is. She doesn't give me that vibe, um, and nothing from anything I've read about her has given me that vibe. So I think bringing on someone like Feige to work on this with her and them, I feel like it's just is a good fit. Um, but Kenna, how do you feel about Feige being brought on to Star Wars, and what do you think about this thing going around about Feige replacing Kennedy, possibly, or you know whatever right. <laughs> all these people are saying? <laughs> so I mean, just on the the Feige movie, um, I mean, this is I think it's surprising. Because I didn't think this would happen, you know. I thought obviously this is something that crosses your mind as a possibility because right. he's already under the the Disney umbrella and he's been so successful for Marvel. Star Wars has been kind of, you know, got, kind of meddling in I don't want to say mediocrity, but meddling in you know the status quo. They've they've plateaued, I would say, and yeah. so it's always been the idea of like. Well, I mean, why don't you send Kevin Feige to save Star Wars? It sounds <laughs> it sounds worse than than, than it maybe uh, in reality is, but that's that's always been that's crossed everyone's mind at at, at one at one point or another. Um, I didn't know if it would ever come to that, but this certainly clearly Bob Iger was was intrigued, and Al Horn were were intrigued about the idea of letting Kevin Feige work on a Star Wars project. So, I mean, I'm excited. Especially because Feige is a Star Wars fan, you know, and it's been well documented that he is. So right, it, yes. I, so like, I feel more comfortable about that. And he's also a big George Lucas guy. 
Uh, I was one of his, not mentors, one of his idols uh, growing up. Part of the reason why he went to USC. Um, mm-hmm. George Lucas went there. So um, you are, you do feel comfortable that like he is a, that he will do the property justice. He's not going to come in and like, all right, I got to make my fight imprint on this. <laughs> we're going to change things around here. Like, I don't think that that's what he's the, coming the, and trying. The SEU, the Star Wars cinematic universe. You know, yeah, exactly. Like yeah. So, I, I mean, I like, I feel like this, this is positive. Um, I don't know what story he's doing. You know, I, the the word is that he wants to get one of his act or he had, the word is that he had a particular actor to play a particular role. Yeah. Um, I the assumption has been that it's somebody in the MCU already that he has a relationship with. Yeah. That would make sense. Uh, I'd be I shocked so if it too. weren't. Um, what role that is? Is that an existing Star Wars role? I would be surprised if it weren't because like, how do you come up with an idea for a role that? hasn't been created yet or a character how do you find a character that's perfect an actor that's perfect for a character that hasn't been made yet so on and that and that on that level i feel like this is a that he wants a certain actor to play a specific character um i mean speculating when you're throwing it out there is it brie larson playing ahsoka tano is it sebastian stan playing luke skywalker those are all examples of what possibly could be uh, like what a Kevin Feige movie or what these rumors could be about. Um, but ultimately, like Kevin Feige's batting average right now is extremely high. His field goal percentage is extremely high. He's, right. he, he, you know, he's done every movie that he's made for the most part has been popular. It's made money. They haven't all been great, but most of them have been great. Um, and the ones that haven't, have, I don't think any of them have been terrible. So, in that regard, like, it, this is a win for, this is certainly a win for Star Wars. The question, though, is, if we're talking about long term, I don't, like, do we feel like Kevin Feige wants to do Star Wars consistently? Like, it, like, he's already, there is that level of, like, like yes, like he's he's built Marvel into this super giant, and like if he can go and then save Star Wars, he could fix his he could cement his legacy as a giant more even more than he already is. He's already a Hall of Famer, you know. He's already getting his wall his his, his uh spot on the Walk of Fame in Hollywood. But um, does he go down to the Mount Rushmore? filmmaker and movie exec um if he then saves star wars i don't know if that if him coming to star wars and making star wars great is like the same as what he did for marvel because star wars i don't think star wars is is in as need of saving as i guess people think it is like it's made so much money even now Yes, the brand isn't great. Yes, the brand is kind of again it's plateaued a little bit and it's a little it's a little messed up. But at the same time, I don't know if it's anything. I don't know if there's anything Kevin Feige can personally do to save Star Wars. Like the movies have been pretty good. They haven't been terrible for the most part. Um, all the stuff with you know with with all the politics 
that have been discussed with Star Wars over the last couple of years. Like that stuff, a lot of times has been discussed with Marvel as well. You know, it's not at the same level, but Kevin Feige coming in isn't just all of a sudden going to make the political conversation around Star Wars go away. So, in that regard, I don't know if there's much Kevin Feige can do, and like I don't know if Kevin Feige wants to do that. There's some speculation out there that Kevin Feige might not be replacing Kathleen Kennedy or J.J. Abrams or George Lucas, whoever, but he could be replacing Alan Horn at Disney and overseeing all of the Disney movie properties that were, when Alan Horn retires. He's in his 70s, his mid to late 70s. So when Alan Horn retires, Kevin Feige could end up being the successor, which would make sense given he's already done everything he could at Marvel. Um, so that's what this could be about. This could be about not the the the, the quote unquote lateral move of moving from Marvel to Star Wars or occupying both Marvel and Star Wars, but occupying everything Disney, you know, Pixar, Disney animation, and you know, Disney's live action stuff, and Marvel, and Star Wars. I, that could be what this move is about. Um, but I don't know. You know, what do you think that this Feige movie could possibly be about? Um, or are they too early to speculate on? Look, man, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be, you know, I think they're raising the fire alarms. You know, I'm definitely one of those people. You know, I think they are looking for someone. I wouldn't say to save Star Wars. I, I, don't, I don't think they're in that much dire straits. But I do think them bringing in Feige. Means they're worried, <laughs> you know. I like. I honestly yeah. really do think that. This is probably you know? the last straw. I think but. this is the last straw. I, Feige's doing, and the the thing that sh- points that shows me that especially is that Feige's doing so much already. Right. Like this man is so busy right now. He's the busiest he's ever been, busiest he has ever been. And now they want him to do Star Wars too. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, they are just pulling out all the stops to try to save this franchise. Um... I know I just said it's not necessarily safe, but it it is and it isn't. You know, they need they want to like add some more enthusiasm to Star Wars. And right now Feige's the guy that would do that. You know, so they could put in the trailers and all the promotional material from the from the people that made Avengers or whatever, you know, so they can put that stuff to get people to go, "Oh, wow." You know, so they can go be excited to see the movie now because I don't think people are really that excited to see Rise of Skywalker. You know, I think I think they kind of realize that that for the most part, the general public is not that excited to see the Rise of Skywalker. You know, they were excited to see the Last Jedi, but we I mean we saw how that turned out. You know, and they were not excited to see Solo, and we saw how that turned out. <laughs> so yeah. I mean, they are looking to bring excitement back into. Star Wars, and I think they they are looking for Feige to do that for them. Is this gonna is this gonna resonate with people? Like, or does this is the story very popular or not popular? Is the story and concept of what they're doing still gonna be very important, or is it just if Kevin Feige is doing a Star Wars movie, people are gonna show up? Um, it's it's certainly gonna have value if you put on a Star Wars trailer from the, the guy that brought you the producers. That brought you Avengers Endgame, right? And everything in Marvel. It should help, but you know, does it still like if Kevin Feige was doing Solo, would that movie have done that much better? You know, like that's where I'm like, 
I don't know. Kevin Feige is a huge name, but for the casual people, for the casual Star Wars fan or the casual movie person, I don't think they're just going to automatically go see the Star Wars movie because Kevin Feige is making uh, I don't think so either, but I also think they value his talent as well. Right. Like, it's not about... It's not, this isn't yeah. about making money. This is yeah. about making a good movie. Yeah, it's not just about his name. Though I think his name does help. Um, but it isn't just about his name. It's also that they trust him to make a good product. Which they couldn't trust uh, several other people um, to make this, to make a good product. Um, uh, I mean, I, 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 the first name that comes to mind is Ryan Johnson. Just because he's the first person that every Star Wars fan wants to throw under the bus right now. Um, but I mean, I mean, Ryan Johnson, I guess Lord and Miller, even though they were given the boot before the movie even got the chance to get off the ground, <laughs> really. Um, so yeah, Star Wars is kind of a mess right now. So I definitely think this is them trying to fix that. Um, but yeah, uh, so that is what's going on right now with Lucasfilm. Uh, so that is very exciting news. I'm happy to hear it. Sounds like Kendall's happy to hear it. And, uh, we are going to keep up with that hopefully we get some more news on that because uh, i'm honestly more excited for that than this benioff and weiss and ryan johnson stuff <laughs> to be completely honest um yeah. yeah so i mean it is what it is honestly um all right so the next piece of news i want to talk about uh is surrounding uh bob Iger. um so this is uh again Iger himself uh making comments um and these are very, very, uh, very meaningful, very uh, gossipy. Yeah. So he came out with a memoir. Explosive statements. <laughs> Explosive statements. These are these are big statements uh, that he's making. So he came out with the uh, he or he came out with a memoir recently. It's called "The Ride of a Lifetime: Lesson Learned Lessons Learned uh, from 15 Years as CEO of of the Walt Disney Company." Um, now you can go pick this up now. It's, this book is out. I'm not promoting the book for Iger or anything, but I'm just saying it's out now. If you, if you wanted to read it yourself. Um, it's out now for nine ninety nine. <laughs> it's Especially on the shelves. No. Um, but yeah, so the book is out now. So he started talking about his, the everything that happened with the deal between him, uh, Kathleen Kennedy, J.J. Abrams, and George Lucas, and them buying Star Wars and their plans for Star Wars after it was bought. Now, uh, there's a lot of quotes here. Some I'm going to read, some I'm not going to read. Um, so the initial portion with regards to how the deal went, uh, I'm just kind of I'm just going to paraphrase and kind of explain what was what it was um, what had happened. Um, now he says that. Um, and because I'm, I'm paraphrasing because it was a, a lot of quotes um, that I, I read with regards to this situation. But he says that uh, basically how the deal went was he went to or, or I guess however they they met. But they had agreed, you know, George agreed to sell Star Wars to Disney. Um, Iger, uh, he says that he believes he made it clear, which. I don't think he's lying. He's because this is his memoir, and he's dishing a lot of dirt in this comment anyway. So I don't think he has any reason to lie. But I don't think he's lying when he says he thought he made it clear to George throughout the whole process of selling Star Wars that 
and and with regards to because he also bought George Lucas's ideas for the trilogy. He bought George Lucas's roadmaps for the new trilogy. So he says he thinks he made it clear to George Lucas that even though I'm buying Star Wars and I'm buying your ideas for the next trilogy, that I'm not going to use the ideas, but just that we're going to have it at our disposal. Yeah, the resource. As a resource. We're not bound. But we're not. not Right. They're not contractually bound to follow those stories. They're buying it and they're using it as a resource. He says he thought he made that very clear. Which I believe him because he's a businessman and he doesn't strike me as sleazy, honestly, like just from from, uh, you know, from seeing him, listening to him talk, uh, you know, uh, following the the deals that he's made, I guess, in the past years. uh, He doesn't strike me as a sleazy kind of backhanded kind of businessman. You know, he strikes me as someone that, you know, wants to, you know, be be smart and do good business. So, um so I believe him, you know, just off of Ace Valley would be like, yeah, you know, probably. Now, he probably, and he says in hindsight, we probably could have made it more clear, which I think is definitely the truth. He probably, you know, because, again, he's a businessman. He probably, probably, for lack of a better word, was kind of speaking in legal speak, so to speak, or in business speak, whereas Lucas is a creative at heart. You know, he's not, you know, a lawyer, you know. I mean, he he is a CEO. He was the CEO of Lucasfilm, so you know he was running Lucasfilm. Um, so he has some business acumen in that in that regard. But um, but this wasn't his craft. His craft was filmmaking. So he probably, I guess, just didn't get that at first when when he sold his ideas, and um, you know later on when they were explaining the ideas to George. Uh, you know, uh, for what they wanted to do, um, he was, uh, uh, quite frankly, he, he says he felt betrayed, or Iger says that George felt betrayed, you know, he felt, uh, almost duped, um, you know, and he did not like it. Now, I'm gonna start reading the quotes of what, exactly what he said, <laughs> what he said, because I feel like this has to be said. Um, so, Iger says... George felt betrayed, and while this whole process would never have been easy for him, we'd gotten off to an unnecessarily rocky start. Um, He says, and he says that Lucas, upon uh, seeing the whole movie, after seeing The Force Awakens, he didn't hide his disappointment. He said there's nothing new. And that's a quote. that He says Lucas said there's nothing new. Um... You know, he says in each of the films in the original trilogy, it was important to him to present new worlds, new stories, new characters, new technologies. Uh, in this one, he said there there weren't enough visual or technological leaps forward. Which I mean, if you've been listening to the show, that sound that must sound extremely familiar because <laughs> that's exactly what we had been saying um, on this show with regards to this new trilogy is that. They have not been making the the steps forward that Lucas had been making um, in the all the original movies, each one, and in each of the prequel movies, making those leaps forward using the new technology, creating new worlds. You know, new being being the the emphasis. You know, make the world bigger, 
make it the make it introduce more concepts you know stuff like that it's like that's what makes star wars amazing is you never know what you're going to see and it's always going to wow you but you know this trilogy quite frankly is just lacking in that regard um and lucas just made that abundantly clear and uh uh another thing i find interesting i'm going to throw this in and then i'm going to toss it to kendall because i want to see what cannot say about this as well um so Iger, uh, you know, defends his position in the way that you would expect him to. Uh, but I do want to give his at least his side of the story because I feel like this is important as well. Uh, so he says uh, that Lucas wasn't wrong, uh, but he says he also wasn't appreciating the pressure that we were under to give ardent fans a film that felt quintessentially Star Wars. We'd intentionally created a world that was visually and tonally connected to the earlier films to not stray too far from what people loved and expected. And George was criticizing us for the very thing we were trying to do. Um, now, you know, this is important as well because it basically confirms what we had suspected. And what, what I think was obvious to a lot of people. Um, but I think that just felt completely ended up backfiring, which is they were capitalizing off of nostalgia. They wanted to just make people remember and, and feel good about Star Wars. I f- they took the business approach, um, which, I mean, look, they, they, they didn't innovate, which is a, a critical part of business. They didn't innovate. They didn't change anything. They didn't change it up. They didn't try to make something new. All they did was rely on nostalgia and recreating old themes, and that is uh, boring. And it completely lacks creativity, and creativity is essential to to star wars um but they completely just relied on nostalgia relied on old things and they took the model of what what is what is selling what are people gonna buy you know are people gonna buy tickets to see the millennium falcon again people gonna buy tickets to see um you know Chewy and and are they gonna buy tickets to see Han say Chewy we're home when they see the trailer <laughs> you know yes they're gonna go crazy and buy the tickets but you know you gotta make something new and they just didn't do, they just didn't do it and Lucas was very upset about it and it's very sad to see but honestly we had predicted this um, but Kenno what do you think about Iger dishing all the dirt in his new memoir Yeah I mean. <laughs> The, it, that's obviously the first way of putting it. There's a lot of, a lot of dirt, a lot of stuff that <laughs> I don't know why he's saying this stuff. Yes, yeah, oh, because I don't think it makes really anybody look great. But um, yeah, I mean, look, I don't feel we. I've never felt as negatively about the Force Awakens as you have. You know, I've always been right. more. I've leaned uh, more negative about the Last Jedi. You know, I, I think that movie right. kind of left a bad taste in my mouth in a lot of respects, but. You know, The Force Awakens, like, I saw what Disney was doing. You know, I see the, 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 the concerns and I see the, 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 the drawbacks to their strategy that a lot of people had, including yourself, about, you know, it not being original. And all those things are, are true. Uh, for me, personally, it didn't ruin the movie, but I understand for some people it did. Or it did hurt the movie. Right. Um, so with that being said, I, these, these comments by Iger, the first thing that, that made me, the, the, the first thing I said to myself was, all right, so George Lucas didn't like 
didn't like the fourth week, obviously. Now, yeah. it it made me go back. Well, it first made me go back and look at past quotes from George Lucas about the Force Awakens. Was there was a, there was an excerpt in there where Bob Iger says that he tries to get George Lucas to sign a, a non disparagement agreement or not yeah non disparagement agreement or clause against. Uh, George Lucas so that he wouldn't criticize the Star Wars films, or he couldn't criticize Star Wars films publicly. And that he said when he brought it up to him, Lucas said, I'm going to be a big shareholder of Walt Disney Company. Why would I disparage you or anything you do? You have to trust me. And Iger said, I took him at his word. <laughs> Funny thing was, then, after the Force Awakens came out, he did that interview. We talked about this on the show about three years ago, three, four years ago. Mm-hmm. He did an interview with Collider, uh, I believe it was Clyde. It was with Charlie Rose, actually. I don't know if he was Clyde or not, but uh, Charlie Rose, he said, yeah, I sold uh, Star Wars to the white slavers, <laughs> basically. And, <laughs> and, so, <laughs> that's exactly what call it Disney white slavers. So, you know, obviously, George Lucas, you know, signed, didn't sign the non-disparagement agreement. Uh, but then he went on to say that, you know, they looked at the stories and we want... You know, they, and they said we want to make something for the fans. They decided they didn't want to use those stories. They they decided they were going to do their own thing. They weren't keen to have me involved anyway. But right. if I get in there, I'm just going to cause trouble because they're not going to do what I want them to do, and yep. I don't have the control to do that anymore. And all I would do is muck everything up. And so I said, okay, I'll go my way, and I'll let them go their way. Yep. So that was in 2015. Basically, what Bob Iger saying kind of confirms all this. You know, I thought Lucas, you know, the white sleeper's comments a little extreme, but uh, besides that, he's, <laughs> he's pretty professional. He's pretty, you know, low. He, he didn't he didn't raise, he, he didn't go out of his way to bash Disney. He was like, look, we went our own way. You know, I went my way. They went their way. They want to do their story. They didn't want to do my story. It's all right. So, um, but yeah, this Iger, these Iger comments pretty much confirm that. Um, I look. I think, look, financially, The Force Awakens was a huge success. So, in, in some respect, Disney may have made the right decision. I don't know what Luke's story is. So, also from that perspective, I don't know. I mean, I know what his stories were, you know, in the books. And a lot of people love those books. Um, the Heir to the Empire, you know, trilogy and things of that nature. But, um, like, well, you know, not exactly him, but. Yeah, <laughs> it was his. It was his properties, but um, right. But what I do know is that, like, from a from a story perspective, I could see why George Lucas could feel like I don't think disrespected. I mean, he clearly he felt disrespected. And I could see why he felt, you know, frustrated that they brought him on as a consultant. They wanted to reach out to him for good reason. He's George Lucas. He made the thing. But then, like, when he wants to give real input, they say, nah, we're not going to do that. Nah, we don't like that. And it's like, I can see why at some point he's just be like, all right, you guys want to do your thing. That's fine, but don't involve me. <laughs> don't put my name on it. Don't say that I put the stamp of approval, but I didn't. They said that he, they had to talk him into, that I, like, Kathleen Kennedy had to talk to his wife about getting him to even show up to the premiere. <laughs> for the fourth awakens i mean this is bad <laughs> stuff 
but clearly he was very, very frustrated and very upset about this movie. Um, it's unfortunate. You know, you gotta feel like this is a this is a a, a, a situation where, I, like, again, I feel like my my bigger gripe is with the Last Jedi, but you know, it explains why Lucas has been so quiet and so like in the it, like he, like he's been so out of the picture with all these movies because he wants nothing to do with he wants nothing he doesn't want his name on any of this stuff because in his mind it's probably not even his movie it's not his movies at all so it, it's 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 unfortunate that that it got to that point um it's strange that bob Iger is saying this stuff because it doesn't really make disney look great um I mean, saying that you got you tried to get him to sign a non-disparagement agreement. I mean, it makes Disney look like like they're controlling the narrative, which has already been like speculated. But he's uh, he's confirming, yeah. We, I mean, how do I know they don't do that to media members? Like, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna get into a whole conspiracy thing about Disney, but like, it's just strange that he would say any of this stuff. But. Um, I think Lucas's criticisms were fair. I, I would also give you that. Like again, like Shamari said, he's not saying anything that most people <laughs> that that really anybody that saw the Force Awakens said. You know, it, right. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't a new concept. You know, they, right. they did obviously take a lot from the original, and you know, it worked uh, in terms of making money. But um, I could see his frustrations in that regard. So it. I mean, it's it's again, it's it's a lot of a lot of negative, but um, at the end of the day, it's just again, it's just really weird that these conversations have come out. Yeah, it's really weird. It's really uh, strange timing. You know, I mean, I don't. It's not like Star Wars is doing, at least from my perspective, it's not like Star Wars is booming. You know, and people love right, this new. You know, it's not like that where it's like, okay, yeah, you can say that now, but no one's really gonna care. Like you say that now, like like Kevin Feige or Al, uh, you know, what should we call it? Bob Iger can come out and say, yeah, you know, Kevin Feige met with Stan Lee, and Stan Lee didn't like, you know, where Marvel right. Studios was, was no, where that, Feige was really taking sad. Marvel Studio. Yeah, that would be really sad. sad. <laughs> it, it would be sad, but it would be like, look, I mean, at the end of the day, like Feige made the right decision. <laughs> But this is a very, very divisive, very, very exactly. You know, on the line. A like, lot, a lot of people are not happy with your property. You're only going to divide the, the the fan base more. Exactly. You're going to give the George Lucas, you know, the George Lucas, you know, loyalist, loyalist, a louder, right. <laughs> a, lot, a louder voice. So I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a, it, again, interesting decision. But Bob Iger is also on the on the way out, so he can kind of say whatever he wants at this point. Uh, shout out to George Lucas for finessing uh, Bob Iger like that. Though. Like, yeah, it, trust me, I'm not going to disparage you guys. And then it comes out and calls Disney white slavers like the next year. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. I forgot about that white slavers. Yeah, that was. Uh, yeah, we. Yeah, they. Yeah, that was something else. That, <laughs> that was something else, man. Uh, look, man, George is George. You know, he's he's not going to mince words. 
He's not, you know, one of these uh, corporate speak business guys. Like, no, he's a he's a film guy. That's yeah, what yeah. he does. So, you know, he's just gonna. This is this is his creation. He's gonna he's gonna say how he feels. You know, he's right. always said how now, he feels. Now, with all this being said, like I don't feel that bad for George Lucas. I don't really feel bad for George Lucas at all because. Well, I mean, it's hard to feel. I mean, the guy, the man, look how much money the man made. It's hard. They gave to, him four billion. It's hard to feel like really sad. It's not like he's out in the street. You know yeah, what I mean? I mean, I feel sad like, about you know, you know, his relationship to his own creation and property right now. Like, it, it's divided. You know, it, it's 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 scarred. So that, I feel it's unfortunate, but he should have known what he was signing up for. He, again, once they didn't sign anything saying we, we have these your stories, or that we're, we're we're signing you on to make these movies, then he should have known. All right, well, then whatever happens, happens. And I think he knew that, yeah. but you know. And I think honestly, I think Iger thought he made it clear. I believe him. I believe Iger. I don't think he's lying. I think you know. It, and again, like if he wanted to lie, he wouldn't have even came out with any of this. <laughs> None of this makes him look good at all. But I don't, think one, he, I don't think he's lying when he says that. The, the thing with Iger, the one thing I would have said to him, because I mostly think that, like, he didn't, there's not much that I think he did wrong in this scenario. I just think, don't, if you're not going to utilize his stories, like, I mean, you can reach out to him minimally. You kind of have to. But, like, don't try and make him feel like he's making movies. Or, like, right, that you yeah. have a serious input in these movies if you're not going to, Seriously yeah. consider his thing, you know, like, or let that be up to J.J. Abrams. Right. And maybe exactly. it was up to J.J. Abrams. I don't know. But then, <laughs> like, but he's not blaming J.J. He's not saying, yeah, J.J. wanted to use, wanted to reach out to Iger, to Lucas. <laughs> I don't know what relationship Abrams and I and Lucas have. They're both Hollywood giants, so I'm sure they, they can get in contact with each other. But, like, it didn't have to be this big. This is a big PR stuff. And it didn't have to be that. Like, right. I, I, you know, I know they wanted to, they had to make it seem like, yeah, we're including George Lucas, but you may need this big PR snuff when behind the scenes, there's obviously a point of contention. So on that regard, I think they went overboard with the George Lucas hype and all oh, Lucas is back and he's on set and he's giving his, it was great to have a mind like George Lucas around. Talk about Star Wars. I'm like, we've gotten that spiel for pretty much every Star Wars. For movie everything, you remember all the stuff on the, on the Last Jedi. George Lucas is on set. Lucas is on set for, for a the, day for the Last Jedi. And, you know, oh yeah, he's out. You know, in in Ireland. Yeah, he's out in Ireland for Obi Wan. Yeah, people saying he's out there for Obi Wan. George Lucas is on set for the Rise of Skywalker. It's you know, like, look, I don't like, care if he's on. not gonna have a word. Like if he, if you guys are gonna shut down everything he's gonna like, he suggest. That's what I'm saying. Like, yo, is his name in the credits? No. Hey, then right. stop writing these stories about how George yeah, Lucas exactly. is on set. They, you know, it's, it's again, it's all PR. And I understand they all they they got Lucasfilm has a, and Disney they have a PR department. They got to do their <laughs> job, but like, don't expect me as a fan to like go crazy about that anymore, especially when Iger is coming out and saying, yeah, Lucas hates the movie. <laughs> Basically. Yeah, so <laughs> and, this is yeah, this is something else, man. I mean, that they're come, just coming out and saying it. It's something we figured for a while, but they're just coming out and saying it. And then it makes you wonder how does Lucas feel about I don't know how he feels about I, I'm sure he's not hyped about The Last Jedi either because the way it characterized 
Luke Skywalker. You know, Mark Hamill's not happy about him. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he said he is about not happy that. about it. Yeah, so I wonder how he feels about them going back to KJ, who, you know, did a, in some respects, a, a copy and paste job or a cut and paste job. No, oh, yeah, absolutely. With, it was uh, absolutely a cut and paste job. And you know, I also. It makes you wonder, like, it, it, Luke is happy about that. It also makes you think, wonder about uh, how much control JJ had over that decision. Because Iger had said, he's like, yeah, we agreed that we wanted to evoke a, a sense of, of uh, we wanted to make people make a movie that felt and looked like Star Wars, quote unquote. So it's like, dude, did he just tell J.J. to do that? How much of right. this, this that movie was J.J. Abrams? <laughs> right. You and know? was it, like, was that a prerequisite to even getting the job? Like, right. It could have been a thing where... They, they, I'm sure they looked at plenty of filmmakers and the guy that told them, yeah, we want to go back to the original, you know, way was the guy that probably got the job. Yeah, so it, it makes you wonder about that as well. Where maybe JJ's tie, JJ's hands were tied, and he was just like, look, whatever, I'll just, I'll just be a glorified producer on this movie, and just make sure it looks good, and and you know, we have a female protagonist, and and it follows a. Uh, a set uh, storyline uh, <laughs> that that sounds like the first movie. Um, then in that case, he didn't have to do that much work. But um, so yeah, it kind of makes you wonder about that as well. Uh, but so yeah, that is all the gossip with regards to Iger and his memoir and all the stuff that he had to say with regards to that. Um, so there's a lot of crazy stuff. Uh, I kind of hope. This is the end of this story, <laughs> honestly. It makes me feel bad for George, honestly. It makes me feel a little, a little sad, and, and it makes me feel bad for Star Wars as a whole because this isn't, this is just, this is not good. This is not good. It's not good that this, this, this whole saga started off on such a rocky, at such a rocky point, and with such so much negativity surrounding the saga and and uh so yeah it's just it's not a good look so hopefully um uh hopefully this this is the last of the of all the dirt and the and the and uh you know all that stuff that's <laughs> that's coming out in the news right now uh so next piece of news so this is something i want to talk about um now this is uh regarding the disney parks uh the uh, person that was running basically Disney parks. Um, uh, so this is a story about, uh, uh, hold on one second. Catherine Powell, uh, who is, uh, leaving the company after star Wars galaxy's edge. Uh, the star Wars galaxy's edge attraction has basically fell flat. So it's, they're saying the, the attendance has been sluggish. People have been saying for months that galaxy's edge is empty. That I don't believe, <laughs> but I do believe that the attendance has been sluggish. You know, I I just I just do, um, and I've seen a few photos. Uh, you know, and I look online. I've seen a few photos where it's packed, but not to the point where I would not to what I would expect for a Star Wars land, quote unquote, at Disney World. Um, most of the photos that I've seen, I mean, it looks like there's plenty of space. <laughs> looks like your standard issue, you know, great adventure, uh, you know, split splash, whatever you want to call it. Just regular amusement park kind of fair, uh, but nothing that, you know, where you would ex- where you would think it would be just, 
you know, whereas I was hearing before Galaxy's Edge opened that they were preparing for two-hour wait lines. Uh, I'm seeing nothing like that uh, in anything. Uh, now, I haven't been there, so I can't speak from experience, but I'm not seeing anything like that, and I'm not hearing anything like that um, from everything that I look up online. Uh, so, yeah, Catherine Powell, uh, who oversees the U.S. and Paris theme parks for Walt Disney Company, uh, is basically leaving the studio. This is coming from The Hollywood Reporter. Um, uh, now, she was, in parks of, she was in charge of Disneyland Paris, Walt Disney World, and Disneyland. Um, now, uh, she's leaving. The Galaxy's Edge numbers have been sluggish. This is, uh, I kind of saw this coming. I feel like the writing, the writing was on the wall, um, when, when, uh, uh, when we were hearing that Galaxy's Edge was empty, and I was not hearing any kind of buzz regarding Galaxy's Edge at all. You know, like, like nothing where people are like, oh my God, you have to go. I haven't heard, I didn't, I haven't really seen anything in regards to that. So, I mean, to the point where like, I haven't, I haven't thought about Galaxy's Edge at all. I hardly thought about Galaxy's Edge since it opened. So it's very, very, um, uh, uh, unfortunate, (laughs) honestly. Um, you know, where before Galaxy's Edge came out, I was like, itching to go and find ways to go. Now I'm just like, uh, I mean, I'll go, you know, <laughs> I'm like, Oh yeah, I'll go, you know, at some point, you know, so that's, that's very unfortunate. I really do think they messed up in making Batu, the planet Batu and black spire outpost. The place that is, that is at galaxy's at, at galaxy's edge. Um, they should have just made it someplace like, Endor or something Tatooine. at Endor ta- Tatooine though I guess that they didn't want to make it too dusty or anything maybe you try you know you try Endor <laughs> Cloud City Cloud City or split it up make it there make there be an Endor Cloud City a Tatooine a Coruscant if you want a Coruscant you know like you can do you split it up you know you do you mix and match whatever you got to do but make it at some random place that no one's ever heard of. Unless you read the Thrawn novel, <laughs> uh, which, I mean, come on. Like, come on. Only, like, 2% of the people that are going there would have read that novel. Um, unless you read the Thrawn novel or you read any of these other random novels that they're coming out with now to promote uh, the Galaxy's Edge, which they should have come out with years ago if they were planning on doing this. Um, but they, but now they're releasing all these novels. Uh, they're trying to shove all these novels in your face, and, and only a couple of them are good. Um, well, I, okay, I don't know about that, but uh, <laughs> but uh, uh, right now they're one of one. Okay, I've read one that was good and one that was not good. So, um, but you know, it's not. It's just uh, this plan did not work. Having Hondo be the be the person guiding you through some of the attractions and it's like that's a terrible idea. No one knows who Hondo is, and some of the people that do know who he is find him kind of don't annoying. Care about him. Yeah, oh yeah. Find him annoying. Don't care about him. So, so it's a, it's a very bad decision. Um, I, it's funny. I was listening to the uh, Rebel Force Radio when they found that out. Um, was it Rebel Force Radio or was it? No, I. Well, it was both Rebel Force Radio and Force Center. Shout out to both of those podcasts. Very good podcasts. Um, and both were kind of perplexed by this. They're like, why not have someone like C three PO or you know somebody else, someone that people don't know and care about. Right. A Hondo? 
is going to be leading you through galaxies. So it's very, very strange and uh, alarming. Um, and, you know, I, uh, look, Catherine, Catherine Powell, I mean, I'm sure she makes a lot of money, so I'm sure she'll be all right. But, um, you know, she's kind of taking the fall for this. I, I don't know if she's to blame. I'm sure there's other people that, uh, you know, advise and do all that. So I don't know if she's the source of this, but she's definitely one taking the fall because she's out. Um, so, so Kendall, how do you feel about this news? Um, in terms of look, Galaxy's Edge, I, I mean, I think Galaxy's Edge will be fine. Um, I don't know like what the parks industry is doing in general. I assume they're doing well, but I, I don't know. Um, when did this debut? Galaxy's Edge, uh, I believe it opened. Uh, was it August thirty first? It was at. It was somewhere. It was something. It was sometime like yeah. that, um, but I think so it was like, like August thirty first. It was late August, I believe. I I, I only ask that because like I don't feel like that's a great time for the park industry in general. You know, like it's a good point. I mean, yeah. yeah. You know, like if you're gonna open a have a grand opening for a theme park, and maybe I'll have to plan so they can get the kinks out when it isn't you know tourist season. Um, you know, they kind of test it out when there's less people there. But like I'll give it till next summer. If we's here by we here by June, July, still no one going to the Galaxy's Edge. The Galaxy's Edge numbers are dipping. <laughs> it's, <laughs> ugly. it's a problem. Right. It's a major problem. But uh, I mean, in August. You know, I mean that's the end of the summer. That's when we started getting the reviews and stuff. Like I don't know. Yeah. I, I'll give it time. Um, another funny Galaxy's Edge story was that. Uh, you know, there was some some person on Reddit claimed they, they had a picture of um of a bathroom stall inside Galaxy's Edge that that had some uh some some Star Wars writing, you know, some some hieroglyphics or whatever you want to call it. I don't know the right, right language. Yeah, that language. And, yeah. yeah, whatever whatever language. <laughs> and uh, they they used some or they they claimed to have translated the the, the writing, uh, and they they claimed that the writing said Mary Jade lives. So, uh, people started yeah. running with the idea yeah, that, oh, sure, Mary sure Jade, Easter egg <laughs> at, uh, at Galaxy's Edge, what? Kathleen Kennedy's giving, paying respect to George and this, that, and the other thing. Uh, but then they got confirmed that that is fake. So, Mary Jade does not live according to Galaxy's Edge. Yeah, they, they wouldn't put that in some random... No way. Some random stall. Yeah, because, like, 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 who would know? Did JJ Abrams approve that? Yeah, you know, Hidalgo. You're right. Yeah, Hidalgo's like. Let's put this here. That'd be funny. Someone will find it eventually. Oh boy, but yeah, you know, I, I mean, look, I don't think Galaxy's Edge is necessarily in trouble. I mean, I think it's something that will age well. Um, I think it's gonna take time to age well. I think it's gonna take time. I think people need to get used to Batu. They need to add Batu to more things. Put it in a show. Put it in one of these shows. Put it in the Mandalorian season two. You know, put Galaxy's Edge in the Mandalorian season two. They got they got to do more for this. Um, but right now, uh, you know, they're in trouble. <laughs> I'm just gonna keep it real. Yeah. Like, uh, no people aren't excited to go and see. You know, Kyle. Yeah, you know, like I said, there's Ray's Ky- and Kylo Ren's walking around. It's like, where's Luke? Where's Leia? Where's Han? Where's Anakin? Where's Obi Wan? 
You know, like you got Ray and Kylo Ren, but a lot of people don't. People don't like Ray and Kylo Ren. Well, uh, people are divided on this trilogy. Some people want nothing to do with this trilogy, and this Star Wars land is in this trilogy and is emphasizing this trilogy, this new trilogy. Which look, there's these movies that are coming out now. I mean, it makes sense that you have those characters there, but for them to be the only characters walking around there, um. You know, I don't think that's uh, that's just not. I don't think that's good business. I'm just gonna keep it real. I think I really think they should have, you know, um, uh, focused on uh, the the places that are familiar that make people think about Star Wars. They should have done for Disney parks what they wanted to do with the movies. <laughs> Make a place that feels like Star Wars. That looks like Star Wars. Hondo doesn't scream Star Wars. You know? Uh, you know Doc, uh, Doc, Doc Ondar's whatever shop of antiquities doesn't scream Star Wars. Um, so Olga's Cantina doesn't scream Star Wars. Even though it's a cantina, it's not the cantina. The biggest attraction that I've seen like in terms of like YouTube... At least the thing that I've seen that like people have made the most videos about is blue milk. What does blue milk taste like? And like, I mean, it's interesting, but like, I don't know. I mean, that's not like, gonna that's not gonna get me to buy a ticket. Right, you know? exactly. It's not getting me across the country. Yeah, it's not getting me across the country to taste blue milk. That's not gonna get me to fly across the country. You know, to wait in line for two hours or anything like that. You know, that's not gonna get me to do that. You know, like, you know, yeah, they had the they had the Falcon, but they needed more stuff. Uh, you know, they didn't add it. So I think the lines are the 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 lines. I think the uh, numbers are going to continue to be sluggish until people either get more in, more material uh, from uh, from this place, or they add more stuff that people are familiar with, or um, or honestly, if the movies start getting better. If episode nine is a smash hit, both critically and among the fans, most of them. Uh, and if, you know, these, I guess the Benioff and Weiss and this Feige movie, if all this stuff is a hit, the then I think, yeah, the Mandalorian, all of this stuff hits, then I think the Star Wars land is going to start filling up more. You know, I think people are going to start going to Galaxy's Edge. People are going to be more, want to be more involved in Star Wars. Um, uh, uh, I also think one thing that may help is if they took more time off from Star Wars, um, kind of like how there were gaps between the trilogies. Um, you know, I know they're not going to do that, but if they did, I think more people would go to Galaxy's Edge because they wouldn't feel so um, they wouldn't feel so tired of Star Wars. You know, they'd be like, yeah. they'd be like, oh, you know, it's a Star Wars land. And we haven't seen a yeah, Star Wars, yeah, we haven't seen a Star Wars movie Star Wars. in five. Six, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I haven't seen a Star Wars movie in about eight, ten years. Uh, let me go to Star- time, but, <laughs> I don't know about eight, ten years, like eight, four or five. <laughs> right, let me go to Star Wars land, you know. Um, so yeah, so yeah. I mean, I think if they did something like that, I think that would definitely help the uh, the numbers for Star Wars land. Uh, all right. So the next bit of news we've got is um, uh, Deborah Chow is going to be uh, directing the Obi Wan Kenobi. Uh, uh, series that is going to be on Disney Plus. She will be um, uh, working on that the entire thing. Um, 
Now, uh, I believe this is via uh, Star Wars. Uh, I believe they. Yeah, Lucasfilm, I believe this is official. Yeah. yeah, this is an official Lucasfilm announcement that this is how this is happening. Um, which, uh, look, I'm down. I'm cool with it. Uh, they say she worked on The Mandalorian as well. She's going to be directing a, at least one episode of The Mandalorian. And, um, you know, I guess based on that, they were like, yo, she did a great job. And they they, they put her on to work, work on Obi-Wan. Um, you know, I hope that this is something that she had asked for or hoped for. Because uh, that would be even more encouraging. If she's a fan of the Obi-Wan Kenobi character and Ewan McGregor as Obi-Wan. Um, from what I've heard, Ewan McGregor is actually pleased about this as well, which is even more uh, thrilling. Um, and I know she's worked on a lot of different, many different critically acclaimed uh, TV series and has directed several episodes of them. Um, uh, the one that's most notable to me is Mr. Robot, just because I've seen Mr. Robot. But um, but she's directed from uh, uh, episodes of pl- several different hit television series series. So. Um, I think this is this is exciting news. Um, I mean, Bob Iger is on the record in stating that he wanted to hire more women in executive positions. This isn't necessarily an executive position, but um, and this may have actually been more Kennedy's call. Uh, but you know, either way, I think it's cool that she's getting this opportunity. Um, uh, so yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing what she's able to do. Uh, but Kendall, how do you feel about this uh, decision? Uh, yeah, I mean it's. It's uh, certainly uh, good news in terms of, like, you know, I think the future of not only, I mean, not only obviously this is connected to Obi-Wan, but uh, it's a good sign for whatever episode she's doing in The Mandalorian. Clearly, they're they're excited um, about the work she's done for them already. Uh, I don't want to make that, that judgment uh <laughs> like I did with Ryan Johnson. Oh, clearly they love Ryan Johnson. We're clearly going to be incredible. But uh, yes, but last time they done this, it didn't really work out. But um, this is on a smaller scale. So I and the Mandalorian seemed like a sure, a pretty sure bet. Uh, although the last year I did as well. Um, so I feel like this. I feel like this is a good sign for the Mandalorian. It's a good sign for uh, whatever episodes she's worked on for the Mandalorian. Um, but uh, but yeah, I mean, in terms of her previous work, I mean, not too much in terms of like crossover. Like, I mean, Mister Robot, you could argue maybe there'll be some crossover uh, with Obi Wan. But I mean, Rain is, is a that's a medieval show on CW, and Beauty and the Beast is the Beauty and the Beast. So it's not 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 a tremendous amount of experience in this lane. Uh, right. or, but still, you know, she, I mean, the Mandalorian is enough experience, <laughs> I think, at this point, uh, that you need. Um, if, if you did the Mandalorian, you did that great, then you should be fine doing all you want out of Madden's. It's definitely quite the stamp of approval where they said she's going to direct all every episode. And I, I think it's a sign that this is going to be different from the Mandalorian. Because the Mandalorian is being made by a bunch of different people, different episodes being be different, about different things made by different people. Uh, the fact that Obi Wan is going to be one director, one writer doing everything tells me that's going to be way more of a linear, continuous story, and it's going to be probably more like a movie than a television series. So, I'm excited. 
Yeah, I'm I'm very excited as well, and I think it tells me that same thing. You know, I, I'd been hearing that it was going to be a very low amount of episodes. That seems to yeah, be the it was case. Six. Yeah, I was hearing six. I was hearing even four. Yeah, four was the number that was thrown out. That'd be yeah. disappointing, but that's the number that's been thrown out there. Yeah, so I mean, we're hearing very low episodes. So, you know, um, this seems to to go along with that. If it were anything like eight or anything, I wouldn't. This probably wouldn't. We wouldn't. We'd probably be having several directors and a showrunner. But it doesn't seem to be what's going on with this series. So, um, you know, that definitely seems to be what's going on. We're, we're probably going to have a low amount of episodes um, with just one director. Uh, but either way. Um, look, I'm just glad we're getting more official news regarding this series. We're getting directors. Hopefully we get more cast. And then we get some set photos. I want this to happen. <laughs> so I'm very, very uh, glad to hear that we have a director. And a director that's worked on some good stuff. So uh, this is just good news and I'm very happy about it. Um, so next, I want to talk about Empire Magazine. So Empire Magazine has some pretty cool images. Um, uh, these are exclusive to Empire Magazine. They always get these cool uh, exclusive images with regards to Star Wars. Um, so they've got a couple cool covers, one with Kylo Ren and one with Rey. Um, they both kind of show the lightsabers clashing if you combine the covers. Uh, they also have an image of the Knights of Ren. They say it's an exclusive image that they have, and it's the clearest image that we have of the Knights of Ren. It only shows four of them, though we've seen um, we've seen more of them in other in other images and in the flashback or forceback, whatever you want to call it, in uh, the Force Awakens. Um, so we know there's, or it seems to be more of them, but this image shows four of them. Uh, and we have an image of Kylo Ren, who appears to be being pushed back with the force um I mean, that appears to be what's happening it could be the wind or a, a, a propulsion engine or something but he's fighting he seems to be fighting the force of something um but yeah so empire's got some pretty cool images uh, my favorite one of the ones that they've shown is uh probably the kylo ren cover i really like the kylo ren cover i like what they're doing with his mask um that it's kind of stitched together haphazardly I find that right. I, I really dig that look a lot. Um, uh, so I'm feeling that. Uh, but Kendall, how do you feel about this? Uh, the Empire uh, images that we got? Um, yeah, I mean, it, you know, whenever you get these images, uh, it's always cool. You know, the, when, before a movie comes out, uh, you know, you get these high, res, these high resolution pics of what could be happening in the movie. Um, Obviously, they're all out of context, but um, the 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 I guess for me the obviously the biggest thing for me is uh, <laughs> the Knights of Ren. Right? Um, will they be like? Will they like? What's their role going to be in this movie? Are they going to speak at all? Are they going to be just some back you know background noise? for this movie like are they just gonna be some emphasis nest yeah are they gonna be like like, the praetorian guard like right exactly (laughs) nameless faceless or are they gonna be like serious like threats you know and if they are like serious threats and if they are like serious characters like will they um like will it be juggled in a way that doesn't take away from other things and other stories so like 
these are all questions that I have, but the fact that we're getting all this stuff with the Knights right now makes me think that they are going to play a big role. Because like, if they were going to be minor, I don't think they'd be, that they'd be getting this much push in the in the marketing. Uh, I would typically I'll say that, but then we also saw Captain Phasma get a huge push in the Force Awakens and barely being in the movie. So, you know, I, it, this could just be Lucasfilm looking for something to market and say, oh, well, and people are interested about these guys, so let's just throw them on a couple toys, you know, and make people think <laughs> that they're in the movie. I don't know. But, um, but they seem to be being heavily marketed and promoted in a lot of promotional material. Uh, so that makes me think that they are going to play a big role in this movie, which is exciting. And it, it shows it for, to me that J.J. Abrams, like, is taking back control of the story he was telling. Because Ryan Johnson completely ignored these characters. <laughs> oh, yeah, completely. And they it's going to be weird. All. It's going to be weird because, like, Episode 7, you know, they're introduced and they're teased. Episode 8, just a one-off line, but nothing. And Episode 9, they're going to be, like, main characters. Like, that's... At, that progression makes no sense. Like, but, uh, I mean, hopefully it works out. Hopefully it makes sense. Uh, I also thought it was interesting. I don't know if this came in as all. With Empire or what, but J.J. Abrams was talking about Palpatine and, you know, I guess people like detractors talking about, you know, whether or not Palpatine come back to make sense or whatever, how that's going to work. And he said that basically when you see all nine movies, that it'll make, or when you like, you said when you, when you watch the Rise of Skywalker and you put it together with all nine movies, this whole story, the whole story is gonna make a lot of sense. So that's not the exact quote, but that's paraphrasing. And I don't necessarily know what he means by that, but I'm just still excited to see what this Palpatine story is about. I am as well. Um, you know, I'm very curious. I'm curious as well as to how it's gonna make sense and how it's gonna not seem like. The extended universe stuff we got, where Palpatine was being cloned, and you know, he was absurdly powerful to the point where it didn't really make any sense. Um, so yeah, I'm wondering, I'm wondering how this is gonna make sense as well. Um, uh, also, J.J. Uh, Abrams in the Empire uh, exclusive, he also was talking about Ryan Johnson. Um, I don't think this is anything really super noteworthy, but he basically was defending Ryan Johnson and saying that he didn't feel like he had to repair anything. <laughs> you know, the people saying, you have to fix Star Wars. He's like, no, I didn't feel like I had to fix anything. He's like, I'm just taking, you know, Johnson did what he wanted to do with Episode 7, and I'm taking Episode 8 and trying to add to that, you know, as he was um, hired to do uh, by Lucasfilm. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I believe him. I, I, I don't, he doesn't give me the, the impression that, you know, this is something that he either didn't want to do or or thought would be particularly hard or anything like that, you know, no. Um, uh, so he seems very excited to be working on it. So, yeah, I believe him. I don't, I don't think he's BSing there. Uh, but, yeah, yeah, so I am very much looking forward to um, – uh, I am looking forward to The Rise of Skywalker. Uh, and I am looking forward to seeing how they use Palpatine, how they use Kylo Ren, and if we're gonna how much we're gonna see the Knights of Ren as well. Um, they're also they're also on the cover of the Visual Dictionary for the Rides of Skywalker, or one of them is. So they are gonna be in the movie. Uh, the Praetorian Guard. Then again, I believe the Praetorian Guard are on the cover of the, of the Last Jedi Visual Dictionary um, or the Visual Guide. But you know, 
<laughs> whatever. We'll we'll see what happens. We know they're in the movie, so either way, that's exciting. Catherine um, <laughs> Fassman had a bunch of shirts. <laughs> She's barely even for Oh man, Phasma, man. Oh, that was one of the biggest movie Ogie Doke. Biggest Ogie Dokes, man. I mean, her novel's cool, but that's a novel, man. That's not you ain't gonna feature her in the movie like that. Like we they, we had so much discussion going into the fourth wave about like what Captain Phasma's role gonna be, Yo, what kind of character she's I gonna was be. hyped for Phasma. Oh yeah, Gwendolyn Christie's playing the character. Gwendolyn Christie's all hyped to play the character, and can't wait for people to see it. And I'm like, yo, there were all the toys and all the shirts and all the the Funko Pops. All the all the Game of Thrones fans losing their minds. Oh yeah, it was so much hype for Captain Sizer, and she gets like she only had like a couple months. Yep, man, that was. Yeah, and you know how I feel about The Force Awakens. That was one of many complaints <laughs> that I have with regards to The Force Awakens. Um, all right, so last topic of the day. I don't have any information, any updates with regards to, to books, really. Uh, so this is the last major topic of the day. Um, Jedi Fallen Order, they came out with another trailer. This trailer is titled Cal's Mission. So it goes into... Um, it doesn't really go into his mission that much. I mean, you see that he finds a, a temple, and it seems like the Inquisitors are trying to find it. Um, and he's joining. He seems to be joining a, a rebellion of some kind. I guess I don't know if they're with the rebellion formally, um, uh, but he seems to be joining them on whatever their specific mission is, um, and fighting stormtroopers and um, uh, Inquisitors and I forget what those guys with the staff are but fighting them as well the stormtroopers with the with the uh, electro staffs um all right uh but yeah so i thought that i think this everything i see from this game it looks awesome it looks really legit it looks awesome they're saying no loot boxes they're saying no season pass (laughs) which i mean look that has to be emphasized cannot be stressed enough um that there's they're saying there's no pay to win anything in this game. Um, I'm wondering how they're gonna monetize it because look, man, this is EA. All right, this is EA. It's respawn, but it's also EA. So <laughs> you, I mean, you can't forget that. So you wonder how they're gonna try to monetize this and try to add you know skins or whatever to get people to pay. Um, but this game looks legit. You know, this game looks very, very legit. I like the Inquisitors, uh, the Second Sister, and they even sh- they also showed the Ninth Sisters in this, which the Ninth, ninth Sister has been in the, uh, the she's been in the comics. I know she was in the Vader comic, and she was she in the Ahsoka novel. I don't remember if she was in the Ahsoka novel, but I know she was in the Vader comic. So they showed her for a minute. She's a huge. Um, yeah. So that appears to be some kind of boss fight. Um, as well, but I this game looks looks very legit. I'm very much looking forward to it. Uh, Kendall, what do you think about the trailer? Yeah, I thought it was a very good trailer. Um, I think it was you know definitely a trailer that was specifically designed for people that really were on the fence about getting the game because the game's been very vague, you know, about like yeah. kind of what it's about and what you'll be doing. This kind of gave you a better idea of like story and like, yes types of adventure you'll be on, what the game will kind of, how it will play. So, like, so, like, that is 
that was positive. And I, I you know, like we were always going to get the game. Um, right. So like, you know, it didn't really like move the needle too much for me, but you know, like, it does give me, it does pique my interest in terms of like, should I play it or not? You know? And so in that regard, like it, I thought it was a very good trailer and, you know, I, I would recommend people watching it if they, if they are like on the fence, eh, should I get this game? Give me another Battlefront, you know, give me <laughs> another, you know, uh, uh, you know, uh, what's the, uh, the game with, uh, Starkiller? Oh, um, uh, Force Unleashed? Yeah, there's another Force Unleashed. That so this this trailer pretty much makes you want to buy this game, makes you want to play this game. So I, you know, I think it's I I, I think it's uh it's it's a positive, but um yeah, you know, we had that, uh, and I, were we going to talk about uh, Star Wars Resistance at all? Or uh, I mean, we could we could I mean we could do a little preview. Right. Um, only because you know we had this week they confirmed that the last season will be 19 episodes um right right and and then they they said that it's going to end with uh or it's, that this show in the season is going in the series essentially will end before the rise of skywalk comes out because right. they will directly link that was according to gamestop or GameSpot, which was one of them i believe it was GameSpot. but um what does that mean do, do we think that that is a? Do we think that this link will be relevant? Or do we think that? Do we think that they will link because you know Kaz is gonna like join the Fourth Order and then he'll be in Rise of Skywalker? Or do we think like they will be like they will link because like Kylo Ren is in the finale, but they kind of need like something's gonna happen to Rise of Skywalker that can make it to where they can't just have Kylo Ren show up in the resistance. Like I don't know. I mean, we know Kylo Ren is in it, so you kind of figure it's got to link something. If he's in it in any capacity, because this is already beyond The Last Jedi. So it's got to link somewhere, somehow. <laughs> you know, because um, the storylines are basically in the same place at this point. Um, so, I mean, you figure it's got to link. So I that's not a huge surprise to me that they're saying this to, to get people to watch <laughs> Um, cause I don't know how many people are going to watch after season one, but, um, yeah, it's not a huge surprise to me, uh, that it's going to link, um, to the rise of Skywalker. I knew it was going to link to the last Jedi in some way. Uh, but the rise of Skywalker, I guess was maybe more up in the air, but I figured it was going to link to rise of Skywalker as well. So, um, so yeah, it's not really a surprise to me. I am looking forward to seeing what we what is in store for the premiere. I have not seen the clip. There is a clip out. I usually don't watch uh, those clips, especially for this show, because, I mean, uh, there's so there seems to be so little. <laughs> and, and you said the same thing before we did the show. There seems to be so little substance in the episodes. I hate to say it that way, but it's true. You know, that, you know, you don't even want to waste any of it, you know, on, yeah. on the clip. You know, so it's not like the Clone Wars or even Rebels or even those. I used to, you know, every now and then I'd watch those clips. Right. Um, but these is like, uh, no, I'll just watch the episode when it comes out. So, yeah, we'll be watching the episode uh, next week. We will be reviewing the episode as well next week. 
So look forward to that. I'm going to try to read the Kylo Ren comic. I haven't seen that much buzz on the comic, so that's not a very good sign, but I'll read it anyway. Um, and I want to get into the Jedi Fallen Order comic as well, because that's, that I believe, the second issue came out for that. I want to get into that, because especially if that's going to lead into the game, I want to get into that. I'm also currently going through the Star Wars Galaxy's Edge um, Black Spire novel by Delilah S. Dawson. Right now, it's reading as a direct sequel to Phasma, which is very exciting. I did not know it was a direct sequel to Phasma. Um, I knew it was going to have some of the same characters, but this is actually it's a straight-up sequel. <laughs> um, with It has a lot of the same characters, some that I didn't expect to be in the book at all. So it's very, very uh, exciting, and I'm very much looking forward to getting through that. So far, it's very good. Delilah S. Dawson is very talented, and I want her to write more Star Wars stuff. So right now, I'm very excited about that. So I'm getting through that as well. Um, so we have that to look forward to. And New York Comic Con is, next, is this weekend, this coming weekend. So I may have a chance to go to the Lucasfilm Publishing panel this year, which is very exciting as well. So I'll be able to talk about that. So we'll have a lot of good stuff next week. Uh, to talk about so you should definitely check that show out all right so that will do it for this show i'm your host shamari i'm joined by kendall and we will see you guys next time peace